Canvas Flower is king. For now, we're going to take a look at a report from Headset on the analysis of the category's data and performance. Uh, so doing a deep dive into flat, a flower, looking at sales through time as we look at the pricing and segments, packaging, sizing, also review some of the data about the younger generation uh, might be shaking up flowers future and finish with some data around strains or cultivars all coming up. It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. All right, real quick, source data is coming from Headset, and we're looking at California, Colorado, Michigan, Nevada, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Washington, and Canada, including um, Alberta, BC, Ontario, and Saskatchewan. So for this year so far, uh, that's January through June, um, so... Uh, at least for the first two quarters. Flower is the largest product category in sales for both U.S. and Canada. Uh, in the U.S., flower is more than double the market for shares of vape pens, the next largest category. Um, and that may change, though. Uh, Vapegate maybe had delayed that, that, but I think COVID maybe brought it back. So Vapegate was an issue with vitamin C acetate uh, from the primarily the legacy market. Um, cause people to not want to use vapes. Obviously, if you're in the regulated market, you shouldn't really have to worry about that. Um, but it caused a stir, right? And so people then, then you have the pandemic, COVID happened and people didn't want to combust. Um, in Arizona, they don't really buy pre-rolls. They want something that's more conservative. Washington State, all about the pre-rolls. So uh, where it levels out, I'm not really sure. I think really what it boils down to is that I think vaping doesn't provide the same experience as uh, you know, the flower. So if they can figure that out, um, maybe that will expand. But let me know what you guys' favorite method is, uh, what you guys prefer to consume. In Canada, flower sales are also more than double the market share of pre-rolls, uh, which is the next largest um, category. So flower is a dominant uh, market share this uh, for year to date, um, but it's not always going to be true. So let's dive into that. Flower market share in the U.S. and Canada. Um, so we're taking a look at a graph of uh, the flower market share over time. You can see some interesting trends um, in the category's long sustained sales share over time. So starting to look at the market share of Canada, you can kind of see that the flower market share started with a lot more success in March of 2019. Um, so a few quarters before COVID, they had 78.5% uh, of the market since decreased to about 49%. So Canada's decline in flower market shares in the last two years can be explained a bit further. Uh, we'll, we'll get into 2.0 and what that is. But um, flower was only one of the four categories when Canada started. So Historically, in all new markets, flour starts off with the highest market share and then drops because it's the least processed product type and therefore the easiest to get to the market quickly. And that can be remained true with Canada's cannabis market. Um, but in January of 2020, they had 2.0 that rolled out. And so that saw the introduction of new categories that took away from some of the flowers market share. And as a result, there was a dip of 9% of flowers market share, 69% uh, down to 60 and that was between December of 2019 and, and uh, February of 2020. So in the U.S., you see a flower market share continuing to be around 50% in the last couple of years. The decrease uh, during 2018 can be attributed to the introduction of vape pen categories. 
which is about convenience. I have both. I buy vape pens and I have flour for home because I prefer the effects of flour, but with vaping, um, just coming back from MJ BizCon, for example, in 2019, there's a lot of people saying, oh my God, where are the hippies at? It smells so bad because <laughs> I'm outside smoking a blunt. And, you know, just like a cigar, I, I, I don't like it when people smoke a cigar, it stinks. So I'm trying to be um, empathetic to that. Uh, and so I will smoke a blunt outside, but try not to be downwind from it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they need cafes. That's another topic. So We'll, we'll get into cannabis cafes eventually here as I um, get ready to launch that for Washington State and try to overturn the felony, classy felony on maintaining and operating a marijuana lounge. Flower market share by state and providence, though. Uh, comparing market share across individual states and providence, provincial cannabis markets, there's some differences. Nevada and Ontario stand out as the best markets to sell flour with 56% of all sales in the category, maybe due to tourism, people are coming in, that's what they know. That's why not only is it easy to bring flour to market, it's also the most recognizable form. So for anybody who's coming back to the market after trying it in high school or college or whatever, they don't know what to buy. They can buy what they know, uh, which is flour. So um, that's why it's more than 56% in these areas, because they have maybe some tourists who don't know how to consume otherwise. California, recreational cannabis market with the lowest flower market is still around 42% of sales. That's because California knows what they're doing. They essentially started the concentrate uh, industry as we know it. Um, a lot of those early, early um, botanical extraction machines were going to California. Not all of them, but a lot of them. Cannabis culture um, worldwide is huge. Um, a lot of the influence comes out of California. So um, I think that's a good indicator to see 42% of sales will probably end up being the average. Um, looking at flower segments in the U.S. and Canada in terms of um, sales, uh, sales shares over the last year for 2021 in the first couple of uh, quarters, uh, mainly broken up into three segments. We're still using hybrid indica sativa. There's better ways to differentiate that, but we'll use that for now. Um, the mix of the segment sales between Canada and the U.S. look a bit different. So Canada's most popular segment of flowers, indica. That's contributing more than two-fifths of the flower sales. Unlike Canada, the majority of the U.S. flower sales come from the hybrid market, not indica. So found in with the other segment is an assortment of CBD, um, um, sativa, ground flower, specialty infused, um, basically some inexpensive stuff. So um, maybe Canada's wanting it for nighttime, um, and then the U.S. is just trying to get through their day. <laughs> How much are people paying for cannabis in the U.S.? So looking at this graph, we can see the average price uh, per gram through June of 2021 across the four groups of flower segments in the U.S. Um, that's um, kind of all, some of these are lumped together, but essentially in the U.S. so far in 2021, the specialty infused flower has had less than 1% of flower sales. But when you look at the total pre-roll category, the infused segment is making up 32% of category sales. So the infused flower doesn't have the same popularity that holds within pre-rolls. So we can see that uh, might be due to some pricing. 
So specialty infused flour is um, two times as expensive per gram as the more standard flour segments. I normally would say brands don't matter. People want the highest THC at the lowest price point. But when you hear of Moon Rocks, um, Caviar Gold was the only company that I think could command the price that they were asking because it was done um, in a way where there was still value. Yes, you're paying a ton, but when you break open the buds, it was a good amount of good flour to start with good amount of oil over that and a good amount of keef on top of that these other people that have tried to roll out something similar they don't put enough oil in there there's like not a lot of keef and so you have these teeny little nugs and you just look at it you're like what am i doing this is trash so i think you know with cookies the brand comes a long ways not because of burner no one knows the wrapper but the cultivar the strain and just like um, moon rocks it's hard to replicate that unless you do it the right way people want an experience they want value and i really think that uh, caviar gold was able to do that but you're not going to pay two times the price for an infused flower unless it's done right let's look at packaging because it's kind of interesting right now with this transitory inflation i i think it's probably permanent because you can't keep print, printing trillions of dollars in quantitative easing and expect things to remain the same like Sorry, your value, your house isn't going up in value. Your purchasing power is going down. That you can't keep printing fiat money and expect uh, things to change. So, go to Costco or wherever, and your toilet paper rolls are getting less and less. Instead of 150 rolls, you got 100, same price. Even the size of the Cadbury egg is smaller now. So, um, flour packaging is interesting. People are actually going bigger. They're buying an ounce instead of smaller. So, in Washington State, we don't see a lot of one gram sales anymore. We're seeing eighths and large purchases. Um, but for this, uh, this market here, or this um, report, we're seeing across all the flower segments and both countries in the US, Canada, the most successful packages is an eighth. That's three and a half grams. So making up more than half of each segment sales. The difference is seen in the US and Canada is that packaging sizes is the lack of bulk packaging in Canada. The hybrid segment in Canada differs from all other flower segments in both Canada and the U.S. The Canadian hybrid segment has 78% of units being sold in three and a half gram package sizes. And the other Canadian flower segments have an average of 58% of sales coming from three and a half gram package sizes. Looking at the average price of flower though, in the U.S. and Canada, U.S. flower prices have actually increased 36%. All three primary flower segments are similarly priced in the U.S., but that isn't the same in Canada. The hybrid segment is a lot lower average item price compared to the other two big flower segments in Canada. Hybrid segment on average is $37, with sativa and indica priced around $44. So sativa segment increased by price 35%, and hybrids average item price increased 18%. We could be seeing some increase in prices in the U.S. due to better quality. It also could be due to lower uh, availability. I mean, supply and demand. You look at the um, some of the fires that maybe put some of the product out of reach, um, you know, destroying some of that. I know a fire can also cause a lot of mold issues as that gets pushed through a lot of filtration systems we saw in Oregon in the wildfires. Um, it also could be due to capitulation, companies going out, um, maybe they're producing better quality. I don't know, but I don't think it's long-term.
who's buying it? Taking a look at some of the demographic groups spending their hard-earned money on flour. Um, there's certainly an old-school cannabis category, and the demographic data available um, backs that up. So the graph that we're looking at, the wallet share of flour, uh, the various demographic groups defined by age and gender in certain U.S. markets, uh, meaning that the average member of the group had $100 to spend on cannabis, they would have spent um, a certain percentage on flour. Diving into what that means, so baby boomer males spend about 50% of their uh, the money that they would spend on cannabis on flour. Uh, after that, you move on to the younger male customers whose share steadily decreased. Female consumers had a lower flower wallet share than their male counterparts. The average wallet share for females across all generations is 40% compared to males, 47%. How many strains are there? <laughs> There's a lot. So Canada has 261 different cultivars and the U.S. has 1,382. Uh, how many of those are Blue Dream? <laughs> probably a lot. Uh, and I mean, when you look at it, they're probably not even like legit. Um, a lot of these people just slap a name on it. We've seen a lot of people take um, certain genetics and then basically theft, stealing it from people like uh, Jesse Horton out of Oregon with Loud. <clears throat> uh, Burner actually stole his genetics and tried to repackage it. And they've since... Um, you know, figured that out. They made up, <laughs> but it happens uh, a lot. So there's a ton of strains out there. Um, and that uh, eventually branding is going to be really important because it's kind of hard to uh, figure out what the difference is with all of this. So in conclusion, I think flour is going to be the biggest category in the US and Canada for a while. Consumers are going to choose other consumption methods. Um, Vaping, probably a lot out of convenience, pre-rolls, um, but flour is going to be the dominant, dominant form for the long term. So uh, we'll come back with some more headset uh, reports. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, I'm Gary, and I invite you to discover the Cannabis Podcast, a bi-weekly podcast focused on a Canadian's cannabis culture. I would be the Canadian, and my cannabis passion and culture has been building for five decades. I share that passion for this wonderful plant in every episode, through conversations with cannabis advocates and enthusiasts, stories about the ever-changing legal environment, and some hands-on testing of product in a segment I call Cultivar Corner. The Cannabis Podcast, a Canadian's cannabis culture, one token at a time.